재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Good morning, and thanks for joining me for the bookend on TBS EFM 101.3 in the heart of Seoul, GFN 98.7 in Gwangju, and 93.7 in Yeosu. It's Sunday, October 11th, 2015, and I'm your host, Jamie Chang. We'll begin today's show with news from the world of literature with Helen Cho, followed by this week's roundtable where we discuss Chong Yi Hyun's Taikuman Nae Doshi, or My Sweet City, with Helena No, Grace O, oh, and Becky White. This means there will be an unprecedented four women in the studio. Do not miss out on this. And for today's first chapter, since it was Hangulal, or Korean Alphabet Day, two days ago, I will be reading entries on King Sejong the Great from the Annals of Joseon Dynasty, or Joseon Wangjo Silok. As some of you may know, King Sejong is known for having invented Hangul, the Korean alphabet. The reading will be followed by a special interview with Il Soo Cho, an expert scholar on the annals of the Joseon Dynasty. For today's music, we'll mostly play soundtracks from the films adapted from Chiclet, starting with Vogue by Madonna from The Devil Wears Prada. Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator. Hey, Helen. Hello. Good to see you. So last week, you gave us a list of fun things to do in the Seoul area, and then I hear you went out of town for a whole week. Well, I'm still going to the Seoul International Book Fair to see author Lee Sung-woo. So. Uh-huh, yeah. um, so what fun have you been up to outside the city? Well, I went all the way down to Busan and I spent a week um, just enjoying and working actually for the 20th Busan International Film Festival. Oh, what kind of work? Um, I was interpreting for the rich and famous. <laughs> oh, yes. Helen. And watching films too as well. Okay. And as you know, um, the Busan International Film Festival is one of the most significant, one of the biggest film festivals in Asia. Mm-hmm. So film adaptations of literary works in different ways in which words get translated into cinema. Um, We have talked about that often in our show. Could you tell us about some good film adaptations that you saw at the BIF? Yes. Well, as soon as I got hold of their program this year, I flicked through um, to look for some film adaptations of books. Mm -hmm. 
And the first one that I found was a Japanese film Pink and Grey, Pink or Grey, directed by Isao Yukisada, and it's based on、um, Kato Shigeaki's novel of the same title.、Mm-hmm. The book Pink and Grey was published a few years ago in 2012, and it sold something like 160,000 copies. And the author,、um, Kato Shigeaki, is、um, himself a member of a famous boy band called News. And so he knows all about the entertainment industry, which is what the novel is about. It tells the story of the success and failure between two best friends. So one of them becomes a star, really famous, and the other does not. He fails completely. And another very popular boy band member, Yuto、mm-hmm. Nakazima,、um, plays the role of the leading character. And the film had its world premiere in Busan as part of the festival's A Window on Asian Cinema section.、Mm-hmm. And the second one on my list is Arabian Nights or Tonil Yahwa. And it's a 2015 international co produced three part film directed by the Portuguese director Miguel Gomes.、Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it once with my really bad accent. <laughs> <laughs> the film is set in Portugal, but the plot is based on the story collection 1001 Nights. And 1001 Nights, as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware, is a collection of Middle Eastern, West Asian, and South Asian stories compiled in Arabic during the Islamic Golden Age.、Mm-hmm. And it's often known in English as the Arabian Nights, just simply from the first English language edition that rendered the title as the Arabian Nights Entertainment. And that edition came out in 1706, would you believe?、Mm, wow. Incredible.、Mm-hmm. And、um, the last one on my list is Rashomon, which is、um, considered one of the greatest films ever made. The 1950 Japanese period drama、um, directed by the legendary film director Akira Kurosawa. And it's based on two stories by、um, Unosuke Yakutakawa. Um, Rashomon, the story Rashomon provides the setting, and the story Inner Grove provides the characters and the plot for the film. And this film is known for、um, a plot device that involves various characters providing alternative, self serving, and contradictory versions of the same incident. And this is where we get the term Rashomon effect、mm-hmm. from.、Mm-hmm. And on, on the top of all this,、um, at the Asian Film Market,、um, Book to Film Project successfully took place for the fourth year in a row.、Mm-hmm. And I think this is very much a reflection of how the current international market is looking for、um, cinematic adaptations of different types of contents, publications. So the aim of this project is to look for、um, fine books like novels, comic books, or webtoons, even that could be translated onto the big screen. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the news from Biff. So, in other news, I hear writers are using SNS as the next creative frontier. Yes, everybody is talking about the rise of Twitter fiction. Twitter fiction. Yes.、Um, where authors are turning social media into a literary genre.、Um, that means they have to use 140 characters at a time to tell a story. And right on the forefront of this、um, wonderful phenomenon is the award winning author David Mitchell. He's writing a new short story, and you can read his work in progress on Twitter.、Mm-hmm. 
and he has posted tweets from the perspective of his narrator online, uh, who is an obsessive stalker and hacker. Mm-hmm. And if you think that you like um, 140 character snippets of the narrative, then you need to. I uh, know that that's not the case. The story is told in story and the style of slang-filled tweets, and that's got um, hashtags and images even. Wow, that's a lot to fit into a 140-character tweet. Surely David Mitchell isn't the only writer turning to social networking services to publish fiction. Who else is venturing into this medium? Oh, well, he's certainly not the only respected writer to take Twitter fiction seriously. Respected writer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Philip Pullman um, spent several months tweeting the tale of Jeffrey the Housefly. And Pulitzer Prize winner Jennifer Egan published Black Box um, on Twitter as well. And Margaret Atwood, she seems to pop up every week, actually, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of the many um, established authors who took part in this year's Twitter Fiction Festival. Twitter Fiction Festival? Mm-hmm. There's wow, a whole I didn't, festival. I didn't know that there was a whole festival. You have to tell the entire story in 140 characters or less, right? Yes. So the entire story from beginning to end. That's got to be super, super flash fiction. Mm-hmm. So um, the Twitter Fiction Festival aims to bring fiction to life um, using Twitter in different sort of creative ways. Um, so you can tweet out full stories line by line. Uh, or you can tell whole stories in 140 characters or fewer, or just create new illustrations, or just think of very um, innovative ways that we haven't yet thought of yet. Mm-hmm. And it took place this year back in May. Um, we went for a week. It was like a week-long celebration of digital storytelling, and um, it featured some 20 writers from diverse writing backgrounds, including Margaret Atwood, Lemony Snicket, and Chuck Wendick. And so it was really excited. Mm-hmm. Could you read us some of your favorite Twitter fiction? Well, I have some examples from a few years ago. Um, back in 2012, um, UK's leading newspaper, The Guardian, um, asked um, were many writers to come up with a story of up to 140 characters. And I think my favorite is this one from Dilly Cooper. It goes, Tom sent his wife's Valentine to his mistress and vice versa. Poor Tom's are cold and double dumped. <laughs> And I'll give you another. That, that does tell a whole story, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It does. It yes. does. <laughs> and I'll give you another one. This one is rather brutal. I'm from Ian Rankin. And it goes, I opened the door to our flat and you were standing there, cleaver raised. <gasps> Somehow you'd found out about the photos. My jaw hit the floor. That's very vivid. I didn't. I never imagined that you could fit an entire story into 140 characters yes. and yeah. have that effect. You'd be amazed how much you could actually pack in into 140 characters. So what other wacky yet creative endeavors are people up to in the lib- literary world? Well, users, or oh, mostly actors online um, on, of Twitter, um, have been sharing 15-second videos and in which they recite song lyrics in the style of Shakespearean drama, and then they nominate others to do the same. So it goes on, like like this, like the ice bucket challenge that they did last year. So, um, are they doing this for a good cause, or are they just doing this for fun, like the I- ice bucket challenge? I haven't got a clue, actually, okay. but it's certainly fun uh-huh. more than anything. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, one of some of the songs covered in the style um, of Shakespeare so far include Gangnam Style. <laughs> I can't remember nice. who it was, but it was really <laughs> a good one. Okay. Just do look it up. And Jesse J's um, Bang Bang or Beyonce's Single Ladies. So it's all very dramatic the way this, like, you know, spit out the song lyrics. And mm-hmm. if you are actually, if you are eager to show your own dramatic chops, then you, you can certainly join in the fun by tweeting your own 15 second video. with the hashtag 15SecondShakespeare. Have any celebrities we might have heard of participated in the 15-second Shakespeare Yes, challenge? a number of actors. Um, we have Abanda Abington and um, Golden Globe winner Minnie Driver and you know, a lot among as many others. And I'm sure there will be more, I think, in the next, mm-hmm. I don't know, a few days to come. Mm-hmm. And is this a relatively recent phenomenon, unlike the Twitter fiction? Twitter fiction has been around since... At least 2012, right? I think it's a really good outlet, a very effective one as well for Uh you to get your message out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a wide readership as well of people who just find it really easy to just quickly digest Mm -hmm. what the tweets actually come along. Mm -hmm. So I think we should try some (laughs) of this. I don't think I'll be able to do 15 seconds of song lyrics. No, we would have to say this in a Shakespearean manner. I'm not. I'm not really an actress, but mm-hmm. but why don't you try, and then we'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't completely fail, you can do it. You can do it, Helen. Okay, I'll have a go, but okay. it just it might fall flat. <laughs> it, I'm sure it won't. Okay, courage, yeah. man. Courage. I'll I'll just do the first two lines, and then you have to guess um, what Jesus pop song it is. Okay. Oh, I'm so bad at guessing games, though. Okay, if you're ready. Okay. Here goes. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just laughing at the way you said it. I have, I actually have no idea. How Shakespearean did I sound just then? <laughs> you sound. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you could have overdone the. You you could have. Over dramatize the British accent. I'll tell you what I want. <laughs> no, I don't think I can get any more emotional than that. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, so well, can you tell us what song it was from? It is Wannabe by none other than Spice Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. what didn't you have a go? Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Never mind! I'll find someone like you. Okay, I'm done. I can't. I can't. It sounds like something out of Macbeth <laughs> or Hamlet, even. Well, I think Macbeth's Macbeth might have said this to um. Or Julius Caesar. I don't know who would say it. Who who would say this though? Who who like which Shakespearean character can you imagine singing this song to another Shakespearean character? And I think any random character from a, um, like a history play. Oh, Julius Caesar could have sung the song to Brutus. Yes. A2, Brutus. Never mind. I will find someone like you, Brutus, to stab me in the back again.
<laughs> well, okay. anyway, we're we're almost just almost out of time. But you have something you need to tell our listeners before you take off for the day. Yes, a final reminder for our listeners to please go ahead and vote for Hangang's The Vegetarian for the first book award at the Edinburgh International Book Festival. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but the voting closes at midnight on Friday, the sixteenth of October. So you still have a few more days to go, mm-hmm. and this is um, the one and only chance for Hangang to win this award so do and um, go and visit the festival website is www.edbookfest.co.uk to place your vote and everyone who cast a vote will be entered into a prize draw to win all 56 titles that have been nominated nice. so there is something in it for you too mm-hmm. So have you voted already? I have already. I think I was one of the first ones to cast. Really? Yes. Really? I want the... Um, you want the 56 books? I do, because <laughs> I don't have enough books to read already. <laughs> okay. Well, Helen, it was a pleasure seeing you once again. And I will see you again next Sunday at 10 a.m. Yeah, so I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Coming up next is today's roundtable, but first, here's another track featured in the film The Devil Wears Prada. Please enjoy Seven Days in Sunny June by Jamiroquai. <laughs> 